Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all shirts all sparkly. Thank you, clean. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Why? The glory holds like a, a like dick theater. A magic around. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. Uh, we're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, folks. This is Mrs. Atom. Yeah, this is Mr. Atom. And we're back here at By the By. Yes. Yeah. Um, it feels like it's been so long since we talked to you folks. Yeah, almost like a week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and what a week. And what a week. So before we get on that stuff, mm-hmm. let's talk about um, what we've got coming up. May will be the next Pendulum Party, May 18th. Um, yes. Femme is the week after that, yes. May 25th. Mm-hmm. Both of those are Fridays. We'll touch again more on what makes a pendulum a pendulum and a femme a femme. We don't get to talk about that now. Oh, you go ahead, shoot for it. Okay. So, and this is my perspective, uh, but what makes pendulum a pendulum party is the ability for, I would say, couples and singles to express their bisexuality. And it, and it, Let's start with what Femme is because we'll, we'll come back to Pendulum and the difference in my mind. Uh, Femme is an evening where it's going to be an all-female evening at our secret spot. And so it will be a time for women to come together and um, to, to talk and explore, meet, socialize, play if you want to. In my mind, it's going to be the closest thing that we get to a gay sauna. That at least in this area. A lady sauna. Yes. Uh, but it is going to be all female staff. There's going to be, I think, a female entertainer. But it's all going to be all women all night long. And so it's just a time, a safe space for, for women to come together and interact and potentially play if you want to. If you don't, that's fine. Um, but again, just a, a safe space. And so that's going to be Femme. And that's on May 25th. It's the first one we're doing. Um, I'm super, super excited for that. Uh, the difference in my mind between that and Pendulum, while Pendulum is, I'm going to say all things bisexual, is that it's, and while there, there do tend to be a lot of uh, females and, and female-female play there, it's also a time for the gentlemen to explore and play and for there to be some, some guy-on-guy time, which admittedly makes me really wet and hot and I love to watch <laughs> it. It's also a time for couples to explore their bisexuality together as a couple. So if, if one or both are either bisexual or curious or even accepting, it's a time to explore that with your partner, which is, to me, a a whole other amazing aspect and different dynamic to things, to be able to share that with your partner and not just this is my thing kind of on my own. You know, I I love it when when Mr. Adam and I play together with partners and we do have a bit of that that same-sex play going on. It's just a different dynamic. Uh, So to me, that's the difference between the two nights, really, and I I look forward to both. They're going to be absolutely amazing. 
It's very funny because I, I keep thinking that maybe we should pre-record this and, uh-huh. and play it each time, but it makes me very excited to watch you get so excited about um, talking about these things. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's really kind of funny to watch you. It's uh, adorable. It's funny that you say that because I didn't realize it, and I am a bit more aware of it now, but uh, there was someone at the last Pendulum Party, and she and I were talking about some topic or another during the night. Great, fine. Discussion happened. It was all good. And then later on, we were talking about something else, and I think it was actually the sex ed in the city classes. And and she got me going on some bit of the classes in the education aspect and why we do it and this, that, and the other. And I was just kind of going on and on. And she stopped me at one point, and she was like, I just want you to know the difference between right now and earlier when we talked about whatever the topic was she said, before it was a discussion, it was good. But when you're really passionate and really excited about something, she said, your eyes get so big. Yeah. And she's like, besides body language, like other body language aside, she's like, your eyes just widen and they get a lot bigger when you really believe in something and you're enthusiastic about it. When you're passionate about something, it's amazing and to I watch you. And I just never yeah. realized that, I guess. It's never kind of adorable. thought that there was a difference in how I presented myself, but apparently there is. There is. So, it's, yeah. it, and it's adorable. <laughs> um, so, moving on from anyway, that, go on. Yes, um, moving something on. that we're both very excited about that we should have mentioned. Let me start that again. Something that we're both very excited about that we should have mentioned last podcast mm-hmm. was we were included on Logo TV. Yes. Um, in the states, Logo is a, um, a network for gay and lesbian folks. Uh, it's a whole television network made for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, And I should also say, because you know how I am, the bisexual and transgender uh, groups as well. So the whole LGBTV is what Logo's for. Um, But so they had on their website, newnownext.com, we were included amongst the, and I quote, we have officially entered a golden age of queer women in podcasting. And when I say we, I mean Mrs. Adam. Uh, So they came out and and pinged her uh, about... You know, including us on this pod on this podcast list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was a list of twenty. I want to say four. It's twenty. I've got it in front of me now. Twenty-two. That was twenty-two. Twenty-two yeah. podcasts, um, including the like. We, ladies and gentlemen, are on a podcast list that's including Buffering the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> which, if you don't listen to Buffering the Vampire Slayer and you are a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Listen to it. Subscribe yeah. now. It is amazing. They're currently in season three, um, or as they like to call it, season faith episode whatever. Um, the it's it's amazing. It's hosted by two wonderful uh, a, a, a lesbian couple that do so much for the and community. The, the songs are really amazing too. Uh, it's, yeah. it's such a great, a, a great. And admittedly, because Mr. Adam listens to them quite religiously, um, I'm a fairly new Buffy convert for anybody who follows along on Twitter. Occasionally you'll see that. Um, but even I've listened to a couple of episodes of it and I think it's funny as hell. So as I, as I get more into Buffy, I'm definitely going to pick that up with whatever episode I'm watching. And they're so delightfully queer. I mean, in a, uh, you know, it's really cute. Their, their, their guests are always Buffy fanatics. Mm -hmm. They, it's just, it's, it's awesome. So to be included on a list, a podcast list with them, like right there, I I know when we went through the list, I was 
was like, oh my God, there we are. It's kind of amazing. And then we keep going, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just going to pee myself right now. <laughs> um, now we need a new couch. Um, please yeah. support our Patreon page for a new couch. No. Yeah. Um, you know, so then there's the uh, podcast like The Bycast, which mm-hmm. again is another, the, yep. the things they do for bisexuality is so important. Um, Harold, they're lesbians. The uh, If <laughs> you're a Taylor funny. Swift fan, it's a great podcast. Yeah. If you're a twi- Taylor Swift fan, the Holy Swift, it's just awesome, hilarious, wonderful podcast to be included amongst that list mm-hmm. was such an honor. Yeah, um, it's really great. It's yeah. And it's so validating and it's, it was great that they, they came to you and mm-hmm. were like, look, we need more queer women in, in, in yeah. the podcast land. Um, even though I talk a lot. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I get a word or two in here and there, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Stuff that cracker in your mouth. I'm going to talk now. Yes, mistress. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to introduce you, though, because uh-huh. you... So we're basically going to continue on from what we talked about last week, because we've talked about this, and we feel like we're, we were going down a rabbit hole that was important, that needs to be discussed and, and addressed. Um, but one of the things that we were talking about last week that I liked so much was you were saying how you compartmentalize negative feelings, mm-hmm. uh, or, or feelings in general, I should I say. I would say feelings in general. Um as a refresher, do you remember what you said? Do you want to let people in um, to your brain I once more? I don't remember exactly what was said, but I know it was something to the gist of the fact that uh, when I, because we're talking about negative feelings in general, but I think that it really does apply to all feelings in general for me. Um, but I tend to, if I do have negative feelings or I'm going to say depressive feelings, anything like that, that I recognize as, as harmful in some way or not productive. And it's, it's not going to further whatever situation I'm in or whatever relationship I'm in. I, I put it into a little box and I put it away and it, it goes away for some amount of time potentially forever. Who knows? So um, how often do you pull those boxes out and, and, and sort of go over the feelings that you may have put in there? Uh, I would say rarely, but there's usually a trigger point for it. So basically you have um, Raiders of the Lost Ark where the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant is in your brain. That's what you're talking about. Like sure. At the end of the movie. We'll go with that. Awesome. <laughs> um, but they, you know, it just goes away and it's, and it's, it's there. It's gone. It's, it's done. It's not to be talked about again. And again, there can be trigger points that may bring something up. Um, but those are, I would say, few and far between, especially for the negative things. Because, and I, I, it's, it's got to be something in how I was raised or, or whatever. I don't know. But I focus on the positive. I prefer to see the positives in life. And, and there were times, you know, in the past where things weren't always so positive, And that's fine. It, it happens. That's life. But I don't want to focus on those. Because I'm a much happier person. And I feel like my world is a lot happier. At least I'm... I enjoy my world a lot more if I focus on the positive. And so especially the negatives get stuffed away. But there are times as well, and this I think is a, a fault of mine, where the positives get stuffed away as well. And it's especially if we're in a, I'm going to say a more serious public environment 
that I'll put the positives away and it's like, okay, you know, this is, I'm just, it's, it's just this kind of blank exterior that I put on. And, it, but that's not necessarily a good thing, I know. Um, but everything has its little box and then it can come back out when it's time and whatever. But it's just, I, I make more time for the positives to come out than I do the negatives because I don't want to focus on that. That does not make me a happy person. That does not make my world a happy place. So it's interesting that you bring that up, and um, I would never have brought this up, especially on the podcast, had you not already brought it up. Um, but the the compartmentalizing positive experiences. Uh-huh. So um, I know there have been times that you and I are together because I think I don't compartmentalize my emotions. Uh, I try, and I think I do, but I'm pretty sure that everybody knows exactly <laughs> how I'm feeling. <laughs> I know, okay. um, because I, you know, I am one of those people that, for me, growing up. Um, Emotions were supposed to be private. Yeah, you didn't you didn't share your emotions right. with the world. But I also know that pretty much any random person on the street knows whether I'm having a good day or a bad day um, because I have trouble. I, I, I sort of bubble and burst yeah. at the seams, whether they're rather whether or not they're positive feelings or negative feelings. But I know there are, there have been times recently that you and I have been somewhere that I'm having a blast. I'm like really excited. And I look at you and you're clearly, you, I don't know. I I know I've said to you, are you having a good time or or, are you okay? And you're like, yeah. And that's, now I know that's what you're doing is you're, you're, we're in a public setting. It's just letting go and letting that be seen. And that's, I would say that's my issue more than anything else is, is just, and, and I don't know. I'm trying to think back now. I mean, who knows? There's probably years of therapy to go into it, but <laughs> why that is. But there's got to be something about, you know, not letting your emotions show. And maybe it is showing a weakness in in showing your emotions, positive or negative. Emotions are weakness. And, and I, I, don't, I, don't agree. So, I don't disagree with that. No, but maybe that's I – don't, I don't know. I really yeah. don't. I just know that, you know, I'm – better now about letting some of the positive things show as well. Um, but still there are times where it's just, you know, just kind of like, I'm just going to, especially if I'm in a sit back and watch kind of scenario. And I just want to see what's going on. Not as participatory feeling. That's when I'll tend to stuff it down more. So I want to sort of, um, touch back on what I just said, which I said, Mm. emotions are weakness. I do believe that. But I also believe, even more importantly, that emotions are your greatest strength. Yeah. Um, how you feel and being able to address that and communicate that, I think, is um, such a, a, a powerful thing. That that's that you're. It is back that big weak, um, good weakness or, mm-hmm. or a weakness of some sort, and a and a, a big strength. And I think being able to express your emotions is a strength more than anything. And it's something that for those people who do it really well, I'm very jealous of because I know that it's something that I struggle with. I know it's, I don't do it well and I don't let people in easily. Uh, we were having this conversation recently with someone in that, you know, you, you let people in very easily. That also means you get hurt easier, Mm -hmm. but I am very, closed off with new people. It takes me a while to let someone in and to accept them fully into my world and yeah I don't I don't know why but I'm always I'm I am a bit jealous of people who can do that a lot easier we had this recently or something along this line recently where someone was um being very emotional admittedly they were inebriated not Mm -hmm. drunk but they had been drinking a bit and they were very much you know 
t- praising us and saying how much good stuff we're doing and being very touchy and huggy, um, but in a non-sexual way. Yeah. It was in a very yeah. clearly sort of supportive friendship way. Yeah. Um, and I could just see every time that you got touched, you sort of stiffened up. But every time I get touched, I'm like, oh, yeah, I melt into that person. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that... And it, it's interesting because it's not that I don't like them at all. I do. I absolutely adore them. But it is it is just that... I, I don't know. It's just I, I don't accept that very well. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I was different, but... Is that something that you feel like you could work on? Or oh, I'm sure. Is yeah. that something you want to work on? Yeah. Yeah, I think so because it, it Cause is. Because actually, I say that that's hap- that happened twice uh, in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, um, where and somebody say, who has praised us and then got very cuddly. But I think it's I think it's I think way. it's twofold. I think it's not the cuddling as much that makes me uncomfortable. It's the praise. Um, and see, I'm. Yeah, I, I don't feel like we deserve the praise, or I deserve the praise. But if you, I will I will support somebody's right to be wrong. <laughs> no, it's just, yeah, I think for me it's it's just that because I feel like, you know, how am I different than anyone else out there kind of a thing. I guess, maybe that's it. I don't know. But it just, yeah, I think that's what makes me uncomfortable more than anything else. I will say not everybody has a podcast in which they are very proud of their sexuality and fight to, you know, to yeah. normalize something that is yet to be normalized. Very much fringe, yeah. No, I, I get it. I absolutely do. Um, um, and Not everybody gets yeah. as excited or as passionate about femme as you do. <laughs> Or about sex education as you do. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and, and about, and, and this is what it is, all it is for me. When we talk about femme, when we talk about um, pendulum, and we talk about sex ed, mm-hmm. my goal in all of this is to make other people's relationships stronger. Mm. Whether that means they are even more monogamous but having better sex, whether that means they are pushing out of their monogamal boundaries, um, and, and, Maybe inviting in a unicorn or a manticore or, you know, whatever it is, whatever that looks like. That's what I... But just being more comfortable in themselves and in their in all of their relationships. Yes. Because I will say that, uh, you know, while we do talk about partner relationships and sexual relationships, I would say almost exclusively, a lot of the same principles can be applied to every relationship in life. Yes. You know, it is because when you're more comfortable with yourself, when you know more what you want, and when you're willing to accept that and ask for it and be able to verbalize that or communicate with someone somehow, that translates to the workplace. That translates to... Siblings. I was going to say siblings and family relationships. If you have kids, your your friend, your kids' friends' parents. I mean, you know, school relationships, everything. It You know, that the same principles can apply in all different scenarios. So while we do focus more on the, the sexuality and the partner relationships, because that's, you know, that, that's what we really... That's just what makes us... Um, the same principles apply all over the place. Yeah, and and I think that's a very good point to say, is that you can replace sex and sexuality in these conversations with just about anything. Mm-hmm. And the basics behind the communication um, skill set is exactly the same. Yeah. And so that I think that's important to remember. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to say your eyes just lit up again, and I know why, because now you're opening a little package of cookies. I was trying to do it very quietly. You were, but you look so, you've uh, got this They're, sparkle of eyes. It's almost as if you're talking about sex. It's like a little travel mint slice thing, so it's chocolate and mint, and they're little travel cookies, and I'm just not going to be quiet about it anymore. No, since because you I called you out. Yeah. But you, I, mean, I was you, trying to do was, it very quietly. There was this delightful sparkle in your eye. It's almost as if you're getting ready to go yeah. down on somebody for the first time. Because we have this time. nice, you know, 
deep yeah, wine deep and red wine and yeah. then the mint chocolate cookies it just goes so well together and yeah I love it I love you <laughs> um, why do you think I like the mint chocolate lube I mean come on <laughs> touche um <laughs> now I've all gone, done gone and lost my train of thought sorry um yeah so I know one of the things you know so we talked about a lot last week we talked about my headspace depression and, yeah. and depression and and dealing with that and and it's it is a, it's a constant battle that I that I don't foresee me ever giving up mm. so but I think it's just something you you learn to manage and recognize and that's life I think what's yeah. important for me to remember is that I'm not fighting it alone that mm. you're constantly with me uh, after the last podcast we had a nice hug it was yeah. you know it was very supportive it's it's wonderful to know that because I have I've dealt with this alone for I, I had dealt with that alone for a very long time or even if I wasn't alone I assumed I was and I think that's another thing to remember for anyone who's listening is everyone has someone um, and that 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 person will listen to you whether it is a workmate or a friend or a sibling or a partner you know whatever it is you need to talk to somebody. And I, I actually thought it was really good at the end when you, you brought up the suicide hotline because if you feel like you have no one, admittedly you probably do somewhere in life you may not recognize it, but if you feel like you don't, contact a suicide hotline, yes. contact a community group. They're, I mean, hell, email us, something, but just reach out to someone. Reach out to someone. Because you aren't alone out there. There is yeah. always someone that is willing to help and, and willing to listen to you. Um, and I'm the first person yeah. to say, I remember a time where I thought that I, I would look in the mirror and see absolutely nothing and no value at all. Um, I, I remember those days, weeks at a time, where I, I, I thought to myself that there was absolutely nothing, that if I wasn't around, that the world would not miss me. Mm-hmm. They would, I, would, I was a, not even a blip on the radar of, of, of the universe. Um, so I understand that. So, yes, please. But there is always someone that will miss you. I I will put, um, I I know we only had the suicide hotline for Australia in last week's Mm. episode. Um, If you've checked last week's episode, I've already got the the information for the U.S. as well. But every every country has one. So just please don't do something stupid. Yeah. But tonight, as we've now a fifth way through the podcast... No, I was glad to, to talk yeah. about you know you talking about compartmentalizing mm-hmm. because for me, um, and I, what I tend to do is you put your toys in little boxes mm-hmm. in a wall. I tend to leave my toys scattered all over the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Both I'm literally constant- and figuratively. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you look at our apartment, I'm always getting fussed at because I leave my shed around. Uh, Particularly but- the toys. How many butt plugs did we have laying around last week? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And let me just call you out on something, because I know you were letting them sit out to see how long they would sit out, but every time I walked past them, I was always like, that was an awesome weekend. But can I tell you, though, so in our in our spare bathroom, which happens to be the hall bath, so it's the one that we use commonly <laughs> around, there was a black butt plug in the shower near the drain. It was taking a shower. Right. Except that every time I walked in there to go pee... You thought it was a bug. I thought it was a spider. Yeah. Every time I, I would just, because I would get a black something out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, oh, a huntsman. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's not a spider. No. That's a butt plug. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I can sit there a bit longer. <laughs> so I liked, my favorite one was the blue one that was in the hallway. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't ask about it. Fuckers, I don't care what you think. We had a blue butt plug in our hallway for six days. 
Yeah, I did finally pick one of them up and wash it and put it away, and then I let you deal with the other one. So we had the black one in the in the guest shower. We had the blue one in the hallway. The we had the tail. foxtail that mm-hmm. has a huge foxtail next to the S, mm-hmm. and I think there was another one somewhere, but I don't remember where it was. Yeah, that's anyway. awesome. So yeah, that was. <laughs> so yes, look, so, I leave Mr. My, <laughs> so Mr. Adam quite literally does not use boxes for toys or anything. <laughs> so funny and I always think about that comedian who talks about men mm-hmm. and their brains who have a nothing box uh, I do have a nothing box but that's the only box that I have <laughs> and, and how women's brains are a ball of wire mm-hmm. that are interconnected that's my brain my brain is the ball of wire it's, everything's <laughs> interconnected because you've had conversations with me and people who listen to the podcast know this like I go from one thing to another and it, it's very quickly I, I, I leap over to something vastly different yeah. As if we've already done right now. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't understand your compartmentalization. That's okay. You don't have to. I accept it. It works for me. I accept it. It works um, for me. I have all my little boxes. But it's also... I would love to see you excited at things in which you're allowed to be excited about. So, the I will say... And I, I do better now than I used to, believe it or not. But um, the one of the interesting things for me, which I know when we first started dating, you've kind of gave me one of those looks and just shook your head and walked away. Um, (laughs) But when playing games, because we do have, because we love board games. Yes. And we, when you traveled a lot in the U.S., we sought out board games that were one to whatever player. So I could play them by myself when you were gone, or we could play them together or with other people. However, if it was not a one-player game, if it was two or more, I would play against myself. But I, I literally, when I do that, I get into one player's mindset, and this is their goal, this is da-da-da, ignore what the other person has in their hand or whatever in their stash, and, and I play from that person's perspective. And then I go to the other one, and I play from their perspective. And they don't cross. It's not like, oh, but I really secretly want this one to win as opposed to that one, or this one has an advantage, so I'm going to you know, tailor it to them. Like It is literally like they each have their own box, and I play from that box. It's so weird to watch her play board games with people. <laughs> Um, the most amazing thing I've ever seen is I think you played a hand at like four people against one another, but you were playing it solo. Risk. Yeah. Like watching you <laughs> wander around the table playing Risk, and I'm like, oh, God, what have I gotten myself into? It's like yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde and Mrs. Hyde and Mrs. Hyde. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Um, so... We'll touch a bit more, and someday we'll do a full podcast on male performance issues, mm-hmm. and we'll touch a bit more on that tonight as well. And then maybe that'll be maybe that'll be sort of what this ends up evolving into. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I know that you wanted to talk about was lady performance issues. Yeah, because yeah. we all, and I know I'm guilty of this, uh, where I have said. That women don't have to perform. Hmm. That you're. You said you know, that last week, and I kind of. It may be a little squeaky. You did make a face, and yeah. I and I don't mean that in a negative way. I know what you mean. It's not as physic. It's not as uh, visible when you can't perform if you're a woman. Right. You know, if a man can't get an erection, it's obvious to the entire room. Yeah. But you know, women, and I and I don't mean it in a negative, male centric, shitty way. Although it probably comes off that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know it. It is. It just. It is what it is. Yeah. It's either visible or it isn't. 
Yeah. And Which it, I guess doesn't make it, the, I think the important thing to note here is it doesn't make it any less real. No, it doesn't make it any less real. And I wanted to talk about it uh, because while a lot of the principles will apply between male sexual dysfunction and female sexual dysfunction, you know, it, I, I do want to touch on the fact that it's a very real thing for a lot of females. Are you done crinkling? I got crackers. I'm okay. hungry. <laughs> Uh, so I did want to touch to, to well, there, there, I can't even talk now. See, now I got the crackers out and I just broke you. Yeah, you did. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to touch on the fact that, that it is a, a very real thing for females because a lot of people do focus on male so- sexual dysfunction and erectile dysfunction. And, but it's, you know, the, the women kind of get glossed over and, and you don't really get talked about very much. Um, and and I, I told Mr. Adam before we started this, I, I feel a little... I'm going to say disingenuous talking about it because I don't really have issues per se with this, but we have friends who do. We've talked to a number of people and just around the club, I've heard a lot of women talking about it. And it seems like a a topic of conversation recently that we, that we've both heard. Yeah. And it's come up a lot and, and it is, you know, it, it is different reasons, which we'll get into momentarily, but you know, you hear somebody say, Oh, I just couldn't get out of my head or I've had issues with this or da, da, da. And, and it's, it is a very real thing. And, and I just wanted to kind of put it out there that it's not just guys. With guys, it is, you know, visibly obvious because they're not going to get hard. So that does put a bit more pressure on you because of that. And, and some will say, oh, well, for, you know, for women, if you're having issues, which can manifest in a lot of different ways, it can be, you know, you can have problems with sexual response. Um, it can be a desire issue. You're just not interested in it whatsoever. Perhaps you can't orgasm. Uh, for some women, there's pain involved. So it, sexual intercourse can hurt. And, and a lot of these, I mean, obviously, we're not doctors. We're not psychologists. Go, you know, seek professional help for it, especially pain. If you have pain during intercourse, for sure. But any of it, you know, by all means, you know, talk to your doctor, talk to a therapist. Um, but but I just wanted to kind of go through some of the things that we've heard from people and a lot of the reasons why. Um, again, like we mentioned on the last podcast with depression, you know, it's just similar kinds of things. Some of it's physiology, emotions, your life experience, your beliefs, your lifestyle, the pressures that society puts on you, the pressure your family puts on you, all of that can put you into a different mental state, which can then affect what happens physically. And, and for some women who do have issues, which again, it's a physical thing, it's a hormonal thing, but especially later in life, you know, you might be a bit drier and you may not be as wet. And so, you know, most people are like, Oh, we'll just, just use more lube, which is fine. Sure. It takes care of like the short term problem. You know, you can still have sex, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's enjoyable for you. You know, and so, yes, while you can use more lube, it it doesn't mean that that's the right solution and the right answer. Um, But I I do think that there's, you know, there are a lot of of psychological reasons that go into it more so. And and some of the things, you know, we've heard from people, um, the biggest one, especially in, in talking to other couples, because there's so many couples that we interact with that have children, is I'm going to call it a caregiver syndrome is they feel like they need to take care of everyone else's happiness and needs before their own. And so they're always, you know, a lot of women are focused on making sure that everyone else is having a good time, everyone else is taken care of, and they're not relaxing and saying, I'm worthy of this. You know, I get to enjoy myself now. And I, and I know that happens with some guys as well, because um, 
There I would are, say it's more common amongst women. I would say it's more common amongst women. Um, but they don't feel like they're worthy of it. And whether that is because, especially if they're mothers, but even growing up, if you're always told, you know, from whether it be a, a religious or a family thing, that, that you're not worthy, that you don't deserve this, et cetera, et cetera, then you'll, you know, you'll translate that downstream into your, your physical relationships. So two questions, two-parter. Okay. So one, do you feel like, were you raised that way? Do you feel like in your growing up, you were taught that as a woman, you were more, because what I'm hearing from that is subservient. Yes. You're, you know, you're, you're using the, the pretty word caregiver, but what I'm hearing is subservient to other people, Mm -hmm. be it the fucking patriarchy or your children, um, which I think is directed from the patriarchy. Um, that would be my first question is how do you identify? Do you feel like the way that way? And then secondly, do you have advice for women who feel that way, how they can, I'm going to say relax, but yeah. I'm going to say maybe focus their energies inward, not necessarily not externally. Outward. Yeah. So to the first one, I would say, um, you know, I, I was raised in a, I'm going to say a, a world. It was my world. Uh, <laughs> don't know about the greater world, but it was my little world uh, where women, I'm not going to say were completely subservient to men, but it was, you know, you know, women were, while my mother worked outside the home and many of the women that I knew worked outside the home, they were still responsible for caring for the, primarily responsible, let's say, not completely, but primarily for caring for the children, doing the laundry, doing the cooking, doing the cleaning, all of, you know, your traditional you grew up in female, the American South. Yeah, traditional female roles. Um, and and so it, it is, and, and I saw my mother do it. She put everyone else's needs above her own. You know, us kids, we got everything before she got something. You know, my dad would get something before she got something, uh, no matter what it was. I mean, it could have been as innocuous as, as clothes or, you I'm know, imagining when she served food. I say serving everybody food. Everybody else got yeah. served before she served. Serving did. food, health care. I mean, everything. Yeah. You know, everyone else came before her. And, and you know, it was, it was, and I would say it was not a intentional this is how things are kind of like preached to you kind of thing but it was because that's what you see as a role model that's what you see yeah um and then that subconsciously becomes ingrained in you um now i will say that me being the stubborn one that i am i fought against that um to some degree you know there was a bit of that early on that okay this is and, and it was, I'm going to say, kowtowing to societal pressures and that this is what society says you're supposed to do. You know, you you get married, you have kids, da-da-da, this is the path you take down life kind of thing, and and started down that path. And I was fortunate enough that my, my first husband um, questioned things as much as I did, at least internally, and then I felt comfortable enough to voice that and externally. Right. So we were able to then kind of make our own path and as opposed to just do what society said because neither of us was willing or or comfortable enough to say something um, or to question it. Uh, so I would say a combination of those things is, is both my, my stubbornness and being put into that situation that allowed me to say that, no, that's not what I want. You know, I, I want something different, and this is who I want to be. This is who I am, and, and that's what I'm going to do, um, which wasn't a quick process. And, you know, it, it 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It took time, and it, you know, probably still going on, and we talked about my little boxes earlier. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, but it is. I would say it is expected, or and it, and it was expected of me. But at some point, once I became an adult, you know, I, I was like, I, I don't want that. That's not who I am. And but not everybody feels like they can. You know, right. a lot yeah, of, of women still feel like, you know, this is what's expected, and and either don't know that there's another option, um, don't know how to go about finding that, voicing it with their partner, bringing it up even with others within their lives, and asking for help. Um, I will say that many of our friends and our play friends that have children, here anyway, have a very, most of them have a good support network with family, where they can say, I need to have a night out, or I need some time, can you take the kids, can you, or, you know, whether it be family babysitters or somebody, you know, they're willing to say, I need this. And, and I think that's very important, is to recognize that, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on in your life, that you need time both for yourself and for you and your partner. For your what, relationship. Yeah, yeah, whatever form that takes, whatever works for you, whether it's going out and having a night together or whether it's, you know, doing something cheeky and new and maybe try out the Swingers Club, even if you don't play, but just go and walk around and see what it's like. Um, but you need to take time for yourself, and, and that does take a support network, whether it be family, friends, babysitters, something like that. Um, as to how to get out of your own head and, and be able to stop focusing on other people and take the pleasure yourself, I don't know how I don't know how to direct people to do that or to advise them on how to do that other than just to recognize that while you may feel like you're you're not worthy or you're not adequate enough to to deserve this, that yes, you absolutely are. Everyone has something to offer others, but everyone also has needs that they need met themselves. And I think some of that is is finding someone who can do that for you. And because we're going to focus on the, the sexual realm, that's what we talk about, I'm going to say that if you're at a club and you're in a, a play situation, either with another couple or group play, like what we often do up in the orgy room, um, you know, rather than simply focusing on other people and maybe going down on someone or thinking, what do they need at the moment? Or maybe they want this, so I'm going to do this because that's what they want. Just think, what is it that I need right now? You know, do I want someone to just go down on me? Do I want someone to just cuddle me, just, you know, feel me, touch me, something. And don't be afraid to ask for that. And, and I don't, I know that's much easier said than done. It is. Um, so I will, I will say a, a couple of things, touching on a few things, if I remember everything that you said. One of the Sorry, things I got was, rambling. No, no, it was great. It's lovely to have somebody else other than me be rambling on this <laughs> podcast. Um, but, you know, I think it's very important to, from a 
you know, from a male perspective on that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and somebody who does experience performance anxiety and erectile dysfunction, you do deserve pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. You your job is not to be you male or female. It's not to be subservient mm-hmm. and give pleasure. So then you might say another thing that you touched on is the um, can I can I just have somebody go down on me? I'm going to be the first person to say one of my favorite things to do, and, you, and then you assume it by doing that that you're being selfish. Yeah. I will say the my, one of my favorite things to do is to have a woman just lay back and let me go down on her mm-hmm. with me not getting any like maybe physical stimulation other than going down on her. That for me is such a wonderful feeling. Um, I love giving that pleasure to somebody and being allowed to focus on you specifically. And you and you and I often fight about that Mm -hmm. because you're like, when's it my turn? When's it my turn? When's it my turn? And part of that is like, it's not your turn. It's my turn to give that pleasure because there's many times where you'll go down on me and there's no, there's no reciprocation. We'll end in vaginal sex, but there's no oral, you get that. And so for me, it's the same thing. I enjoy just going down on you or another woman um, and just doing that, completing that task. And, and that I say completing that task, I don't necessarily mean to orgasm. Mm-hmm. I mean to when I'm done and I'm happy. Yeah. You know, if you're having fun, then I'm having fun. Yeah. And I would say that that's the same for me, both going down on a guy. Like, I mean... This morning, I was going down on you and the gentleman, and I uh, got yes. so wet. Like just like it just it just makes me. I just love it. It just really excites me to go down on on on. I would say someone. You know, in this case, it happened to be guys. Um, but even you know, at the club, there have been some times where I just want to go down on a woman, and it's it can be to orgasm or not or whatever. But I just love the the taste, the anatomy, the feel. Yeah. I just love that experience. And I could, like you, I can stay down there for hours. And and I do feel bad sometimes because I know I like to tease people. And I feel like they might be thinking I need to orgasm, you know, because it can make some women uncomfortable thinking that I'm supposed to. And again, it's that headspace of just sit back and enjoy the experience. As long as it feels good to you, it's like cuddling. You know, you don't cuddle to orgasm. You just cuddle for the feeling. (laughs) That's a really good point. It's it's like a a vaginal cuddle. You you cuddle because you love it. (laughs) And that's, that's what, you know, it's about being safe and being, you know, and admittedly oral sex is a lot more, um, you're putting yourself out there. Yes, yes. It's it is different than cuddling, but I get what you're saying. It's yeah. that you 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 do it because you enjoy the experience of doing right. it, not because you're looking for a a means to an end. It's not a means to an, it's yeah. not a, yeah. The journey is the destination. Yeah, yeah. Was there something else you were going to touch on? Sorry, I feel like I interrupted. I hit those two. Those were the two most important ones. Okay. Um, but and I, I'm going to stick with the most important one is I, it is important for me to let women just sort of relax mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of having a woman, you know, and I'm going down on her and she's just laying back, not doing anything. Because yeah. for me, that tells me that what she's focusing on she's is in, the pleasure that I'm giving. She's in the moment. Yes. Yeah. And although I am the first person to say I love 69 mm-hmm. I love it with you because I know that both of us can completely give 50 50 mm-hmm. I'm enjoying 50% of it I'm I'm giving 50% of it mm-hmm. and then you you're enjoying 50% you're giving 50% um, but with other partners that I don't know 
I also know that that isn't a 50-50. It, they it may might be, be focusing more on giving to you and less on what they're feeling and exactly. experiencing. And you can, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes you can tell that with the way they move. They're yeah. moving their, their genitalia away from you mm-hmm. so that you can't reach it, so they can focus on you because they don't want to have to... And I don't want to. That's a that's a battle, a fight that I don't want to have. Yeah. I just want you to lay back and enjoy, you know, the pleasure that I want to give you. Yeah, and I would say as well, you know, because we do we do see this sometimes with others, um, in that you know, if a female wants something, you know, the woman has something that that they really want, they need perhaps even, and that they desire. It can be, and I don't know if this is always because we don't often know the the people just you know watching from you know across the room or whatever. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the the male will say will give directions, it'd be dominant, and say do this, do this, go here, whatever, or or just move the woman around even, and you can tell that she's not maybe always a hundred percent that maybe yeah. she would want something different, and so it is both. I would say having the conversation with your partner ahead of time, if you can, um, about, you know, maybe, and we do this often before we go out, especially if we're meeting another couple, but even before going to the swingers club on, you know, we go a lot, but we still do this ahead of time is what do you want out of tonight? You know, maybe I have an expectation of this. I either want to hook up with somebody. I don't maybe soft swap, full swap. I want oral tonight. I want whatever, whatever it is. We'll have a discussion beforehand. So, you know, if you can have that discussion with your partner beforehand and say, this is what I want, this is my expectation for the night, you know, and try to get onto the same page as them, because what often happens, especially for newbies, I'm going to say at the club, is they get that in that mental headspace of this is what is expected of me. And so the male is supposed to be more dominant and the female is not, and they just do what they're told or whatever. And so the female may not feel like, like she can express and say, I, I want something different at this moment. And, and so it's, it is both being comfortable to do that and having that conversation with your partner. So they're aware and paying attention to you in that, you know, maybe if you're not by body language or whatever, if you're not a hundred percent, you know, do you want something different? Do you want me to do this instead or whatever? Um, 40% kissing, 30% oral, uh, 30% sex. Yeah. Twenty percent sex, ten percent orgasm. And that's, again, that's our math for tonight. I was gonna say, and again, it's a lot easier to to say this than to necessarily do it. But if you're at least cognizant of it, then you're more likely to think about it and then make it happen. Maybe not next time, but a few times down the road or whatever. And but just kind of, you know, again, it's it's getting on the same page with your partner and and being feeling like you yourself can speak up enough to say that this is what I want. Yeah. Um, whether it's with your current partner or a new partner, you know, somebody that you've just met. And honestly, if it's somebody that you've just met, there's your perfect opportunity. Because there are no prior expectations, there's no previous experience or thought to say that this is what you did last time, therefore this is what you're going to do this time. Right. Um, you know, it, it's a blank slate for you to say, here's someone new, I'm going to direct the scenario. You know, this I may feel uncomfortable doing it, but I'm going to take charge and I'm going to say this is what I need right now. And in the end, you'll get what you want and then that pays off. Yeah. Um so it, you know, it again it's to each their own and 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 it's going to be much harder for some than others. Um you know, we've got friends that have been struggling with this 
for years, <laughs> and it, it's well, not always so easy. You know, and I'll admit myself, asking for what I want is very difficult for me. But you're better. I'm much better than I used to be, but that's been a, you know, that's mm. been a lot of work with you specifically. Yeah. You know, what of asking me, what do you want, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And for me to direct you is still very difficult because I, I still don't feel... Um, like I deserve what I ask for. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a difficult thing. So I understand. Uh, I understand that. Yeah. But it is, there's something really liberating about saying, this is what I want. And then your partner going, that's what I want to give you. Yeah. And, and it is this really wonderful symbiotic relationship that, that develops from that. Yeah. I want to make you happy. So if that's what you want, I, I will do that. Yeah. And that makes me happy because it makes you happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, and as well, I think a lot of issues come from, you know, besides the, I'm going to say the, the caregiver syndrome and putting everyone's needs ahead of your own and, and feeling inadequate, I would obviously, and we've talked about it round and round is body image and, Ugh, and just, body image. you know, feeling like you're unattractive or that there's something wrong with you. And, you know, we, and like, we've talked about it many, many a time and we will continue to talk about body image. It, it will never um, not be a thing. It won't be. You know, no, it's always a thing. And, and I've had people say to me recently, in the past two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, I don't know why you have body image issues. You know, you, you know, you look great or you, mm-hmm. bl- whatever, fill in whatever. After I don't know why you have body image issues. The the long and short of it is, it's not about other people. Body image is about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's how do we view ourselves? And I've said it multiple times. And I will say it a million times later, the mirror is a fucking liar. <laughs> and I know that. And that helps. But I don't think that everybody knows that. And I think it's important that everybody at least accepts it. Because I still look at the mirror and I see the problems. But I do know that the mirror is lying to me. That what I see is a warped perception of what is actually reality. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, you know, it, it is what it is. You see a field of, of flowers, you see the prettiest flower, you, you the one that you like the best, or the, the one that's your favorite color. And when we look at the mirrors, we see a field of flowers. Unfortunately, the only ones we tend to pay attention to are the ones that are underwatered or, or dying. The weeds. Or the weeds. Yeah. That's what we end up seeing. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunate because, you know, we're all... And that's not what other people see. No, it's, it's not. Because other people look at a field of flowers and they see... The prettiest, the prettiest flower. Yeah. They see what they're attracted to and what they like. Yeah. And I think that's so important for us to remember. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for us to remember. And I'm, I'll admit, I'm the worst at that. But, so, yeah. since we've been going to our secret spot and, and other clubs and things, you know, we always get messages from people all around the world, whether they're in Australia, the U.S., Europe, about going to a club for the first time. And, and the one common thing that we always get is, you know, is it only... You know, young, thin, pretty people, supermodel types that go there because that's what you see on the website. Yes. That's marketing. And and it, while I think people know that in their heads, it's also about realizing and accepting it. And so we always tell everybody, I know one of your favorites is, does the advertisement for a Big Mac look like what you actually get at McDonald's? Yeah. No, it, yeah. it doesn't. It's nothing even close. No, it's not. And It's, and, the, ideal big, it's the ideal Big Mac. Yes. Which... What OSS shows, and recently it came up um, at Pendulum mm-hmm. what uh, for Passion in Paradise, oh. which is we will be at Passion in Paradise in October. Yeah. But the, the couple we were talking to were like, we're afraid to go to Passion in Paradise because all the pictures show really attractive people. Mm-hmm. And again, 
you don't you don't go to McDonald's and buy a Big Mac and expect it to be the perfect Big Mac. You expect it to be a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say in that case, you know, something like that, like beauty is in the eye, of the eye of the beholder. Absolutely. It's because while they may show a particular type, it is marketing for one thing. Um, but again, we've said this over and over. It's more about personality and who you are, how you present yourself. If you are, you know, well presented and you have a good personality and a positive attitude, that goes miles. I agree. It really it is, does. It is not tits, ass, or abs that no. make the person. It is attitude that makes the person. Yeah. Uh, we have, yeah, the the people that we've played with that have been the most fun are the ones that have a positive, playful attitude. Yeah. And those are the ones that I will always remember. And, you know, it's, it's not about what they look like. I don't fucking care what they look like. No. And right now I can't even think about what they look like. But I can still remember how they made me feel. Yeah. And how, you know. The, and the fun the, you had. The fun and, we had. Yeah. And that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it is very important to remember that. And again, that's the one that pops into my head is the passion in paradise. Yeah. Because again, you, you, we see, and we had a conversation on Twitter, about which desire. I took offline yeah. about desire and the ads for desire, which show mm-hmm. all 20 somethings with washboard abs and, you know, at Tall, least skinny, blonde, beautiful, big boob. Exactly. Women yeah. And, yeah. Big breasted women. Like that's not real. No. No, look around the grocery store. Yes. That's who you're going to see. And the the argument I would have with that is look at every marketing campaign that you see. When you Mm -hmm. purchase the item that you're purchasing, does it behave either visually or actually does it behave the way it behaves in the... In the ad. In the ad. And the answer is no. Mm -mm. No. Yeah, so that's, you know, and, and that's that can be a very hard thing to get over as well, but it is something to keep in mind, and, and none of this is going to happen overnight, no. by any means. But it is, you know, the more you're aware of it and cognizant, and as you go through, you know, life, as you go through experiences and evenings and, and times with, with your partner and with others, you know, it is something to, to keep in mind, and that, you know, it, that doesn't matter, that, that body image it's it's all in your head, and if you can learn to accept yourself and say I'm happy with who I am, faults and everything, we all have them. We all have them. Yeah, then you know that'll make it at least a little bit more enjoyable experience for you. Okay, so in our last ten minutes here, yeah. um, let's talk about because I want to talk about female orgasm. Okay. I'm just gonna say go. Okay, <laughs> um, so. Let's start with the different kinds of orgasms, first of all. Um, Of course, there's clitoral. There's G-spot. You have combination orgasms that are both. Uh, And there are different levels and intensities as well. And some women are going to be more clitoral-focused. Some are more G-spot-focused. Some are one or the other completely and have never had, can't have an orgasm with with the other. some are both. For me, some of my most powerful orgasms are when both are stimulated properly. Um, but I would say, again, you know, like we've, we've talked about, and, and everyone puts pressure on themselves to orgasm because everyone thinks that that's the end goal. And it may be. Depending on what your goals for the evening are, it might be your goal. But when we play with other people and when we go into a situation like we were talking about going down on someone it's about the journey you know if you orgasm then great and i will certainly try and help with that um 
but it's not, it's not a requirement. Like if you orgasm or if you don't orgasm, that's not going to affect the time that I have with you because it is about that playfulness in the journey and the fact that we can enjoy each other's company and touch and, and just really kind of feel each other. Um, and, and I've had, there've been times that I've been playing with someone and admittedly, I should probably do this early on when playing with someone, but I often wait until the second or third time that I'm playing with a a female, I'm going to say in particular, um, in that, you know, I'll, I'll ask them because when it starts out, I'm just kind of doing whatever I want to do, whatever makes me happy. Um, it's all about me. <laughs> but then at some point, I'll be like, you know, if, if I can tell that they're maybe enjoying it, but not necessarily orgasming, I'll ask them, you know, do you prefer something one more than the other or whatever? You know, what is it that you like? And especially, and I tend to do that more if it's a, I'm going to say a long-term play partner than just a first time at the club kind of thing. Um, or first time we've played with somebody at the club. I, I, because for me, that's it's it's fun and it's enjoyable, but I'm doing that more for me than I am. If it's a long-term partner, I want to make sure that they're enjoying it to the fullest as well and that they're comfortable asking for what they want, which not everyone is. And right. so that's why I ask is just to give them a, a chance to voice that this is what they want if they're not comfortable asking for that. Um, but I would say the same happens for a guy. And, and I actually give him props, mad props. Uh, there was someone we were playing with a few weeks ago. Um, yes. and we were playing and, and I was going down on him. He even went inside me and, um, then I was going down on him some more and it was really good play. It was a lot of fun. And at some point he said, I didn't catch the beginning, but whatever, I'm probably not going to come tonight. That's fine. I don't care because it's not about that. It, yeah. it is about just having fun and playing and, and just, it, it's the journey. It's, you know, it's like a roller coaster ride. You ride it as long as you can and, you know, if you get off, you get off. If not, you keep riding around and around. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get off and stand in a queue for a while. Well, maybe. Sometimes that happens, you know. I'll let you have your turn, too. <laughs> <laughs> so what would your advice be, then, for women who have trouble orgasming, especially in okay. a club situation that you know, or without their partner? And, and again, there's there's... I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of physiological things. I mean, some women just can't. Like, it, it just is not physically there. Which, again, then it's, you know, making sure that you're in the mental headspace that you can still have fun and play and enjoy other touches and things and, and just the whole scenario kind of thing. Because we've had part, play partners like that where she has admitted that she's never had an orgasm, yeah. but it, it she happens. enjoys the, the but, act of sex. Yes. And, and, and that's, that's a, it's a physical thing. Again, all of us are made differently. You know, nobody is made exactly the same. You know, your nerve endings are different. Your, your body is built differently. It's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, but if it is a, a psychological thing and you are stressed or focused on what's going around, going on around you, especially in the club setting, um, it can be confronting because whether you are simply playing with your partner or you're playing with a couple for the first time, a second time, or whatever, or if you're in the big orgy room and there are 10 people around, that can be really confronting and and a lot of stimulation going on. There's sounds. Admittedly, the other night we were at the club, 
There was somebody who was extremely loud. To right call in, her a screaming orgasmer is an under, understatement. And, she was and really loud. Very loud, right in my ear again and again and again. And at some point, I looked at the you know five people around me, and I was like, I can't, I can't, I need to get out of here. And they're like, Yeah, me too. So we all left and went downstairs. But it was just like at some point, I was just like, I need to remove myself from the situation. And so if you are in a situation that is so overwhelming and you aren't comfortable, you cannot get out of your own headspace. I mean, that was in, yeah. and that for me that was so distracting. I couldn't focus on me. I couldn't focus on my partner. I, you know, it was just yeah. I, I needed to get away from there. Um, so we left. You know, we went downstairs. We got a glass of water. Um, and admittedly, my thought was, if she comes downstairs in that time, we'll go back up. Otherwise, we went to the other side of the building and we went to the petite room where we could close the door and we could all be together by ourselves. And there aren't those distractions around. We yeah. could just then focus on each other. And that was that was a lot more enjoyable at that point um, because we had made the connection and we were like, you know, this is what we want. We know we want to play together, but it was too much with other people around. So let's go somewhere where we can just focus on each other. Um so I think that's one thing is if you are kind of, um, you know, focusing on everything that's going on around you, try to minimize that, that effect. And, and just, you know, what is it that's distracting you? Can you get away from that somewhere, somehow? Um, also, you know, take care if you're planning on going to a swingers club or if you're meeting up with a couple that maybe you've met online, um, anything like that, take care ahead of time and make sure that you have good regular diet. Make sure you get a good night's sleep beforehand. Because I know for for me, if there's times where I'm super, super tired going into the club, then that puts me in kind of that grumpy, me, 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 me kind of mood. <laughs> and I'm not going to have a good time. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fine. It'll be good. But I'm not going to be like, yeah, let's do this. You're not going to be know? your normal bubbly self. Yeah. And so for, so for me, I try very hard. If I know we're going to the club, I will do my best to get as good a night's sleep beforehand as possible because that does very much affect, especially knowing we're going to be out late. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I try to plan for that. Um, and even if I can't get a full night's sleep ahead of time, sometimes taking an hour or so in the afternoon and just having some downtime after work, okay, I'm just going to sit here for a few minutes. I'm just going to kind of focus on whether it's reading or just you know, going through Reddit and idly doing shit on my phone on the internet, but just downtime of whatever form that takes, you know, and, and it, sometimes it's going to Owl House and having a glass of wine and not talking to people, but I'm just going to sit here in the corner. I need my own little space. Yeah. And Owen is great with that. You know, he recognizes if I'm in that kind of mood, he just goes and he deals with other people and, um, and that's fine. But it is just, you know, if I can't get a good night's sleep and I know that I kind of need to focus and, and, get in a good headspace, then I'll just find a time to relax. Take 30 minutes, an hour, whatever for myself before we kind of get into the evening. Um, so I think it's a combination of things. It is it is both prep. It is both, you know, making sure of what's going on around you. And, and if there is something that is not ideal, and if it's not something you can control, um, but maybe... I, I can't think of an example right now, but if there's a situation happening around that you feel like you need to get away from and you can't control it, and maybe you're having trouble getting away, voice it, you know, vocalize it to your partner, whoever's around you, talk to the staff. You know, the staff are there to help make sure you have a good time as well. And so if you need something, let the staff know. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, that's harder if you're at home with, a, you know, on a date kind of thing, but. There's no staff at home. Um, no, there's no staff at home. That'd be awesome if we had we staff. Need to ha we need to hire staff. Yeah, we do. Um, so I, I don't have a good answer to that, really. But uh, that's 
That's yeah. the only thing that I that I can say that I've done. Yeah. You know. So, do you have anything else over there on your list? No, not really. You you had ever touched on everything? I think so. I've rambled enough. I mean, come on. No, it's lovely. I've been rambling it, forever. <laughs> I think that uh, I think that our listeners are going to be thrilled to have a podcast in which you ramble and and I don't. <laughs> this is kind of awesome. <laughs> I just want to make sure that everyone has a good time, and and I know that a lot of it is. And whether that's a good time with your partner or a good time with another a single, you know, unicorn, manticore, a couple in a club setting, whatever it is for you. But just even, hell, even masturbating at home by yourself. Because it can be hard to get out of your own head when you're masturbating even. Um, so, okay. In a in a culmination of this entire sorry, podcast. Sorry, I probably just went off on another tangent. You but. did. You did. But, <laughs> now, but I think it's important to touch on. Because what you just said, I think, applies to every situation. So do you have advice on getting out of your own head? So, for me, I can speak to what I do. Um, that's all I can do. Um, but for me, what I do, if I'm having trouble getting out of my own head, I, I go back to the bedroom. I close the door, even if you're not here, whatever. It feels better to me. Uh, because I I'm find walking, it interesting. So, yeah. let's, let's, we're going back to the first thing we talked about in this podcast. You're literally compartmentalizing. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah. Um, but like I said, even if you're not here, I close the door because that you know, puts me in that little space, whatever. Um, and I, I, so I'd, for any, most people who've never been to our place, um, behind the bed, we have the Ikea LED lights. So you can, they're on a little dial, so you can change them to different colors or whatever. So I turn out all the lights and I turn those to my favorites are either pink or red. Um, and that kind of just gets me in the mood. Again, I just set the setting around me to physically get me in the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will, I have a, admittedly, I have a, sometimes it can be either a book that I'm reading or if there's a TV show, something that I know is going to get me going, you know, somebody, something, then I'll go to that. Um, very often I go to my spank bank on my phone and I'll go to that. And there are certain pictures, certain little videos and things I know that will get me kind of in the mood no matter what. And, and I just try to focus on those. And if I'm having trouble focusing on them and not thinking about other things, then I'll kind of, you know, take a few minutes, um, maybe have a glass of wine or whatever. But usually it's just, it's just trying to bring up images or, or little videos or something that is, is sexy. And I just, and then once I, I start playing with myself, even if I don't feel like it, I'll start playing with myself. And then some combination of all of that, both setting the mood around, getting the visual stimulation, getting the physical stimulation, that'll kind of get me in that place. And then I'm like, all right, now I'm in a good place and yeah. can kind of go from there. I can accept that because I'm very similar. Uh, yeah. it's, you mentally say, I want to play with myself. Yeah. Or I want to, I want to masturbate. Yeah. Or I want to orgasm. And, but the whole world is sort of against you. Yeah. So you set up that. You yeah. set up the world, and so you uh, and you almost ritualize it. Yeah, and to me, it is both you know not just the the physical scene around, but I'm a very visual person. So to me, the the pictures and the videos, you know, whether it be on my phone or on the TV, which I have a harder time with the TV because we don't have a TV in the bedroom, and the living room doesn't do it for me as much. If I'm in that space, yeah. I need I need that. I don't know the, the bedroom door closed, lights like that's yeah. that's my space kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, find whatever works for you. But, yeah, for me, it is it is the visual. And there can be times where I'll just, I'll try without, you know, using my spank bank. Um, and, and sometimes it's fine. Sometimes I just, I'm like, it's not doing it. It's not doing it. I can't get there. And I'll pull that up and, like, 30 seconds later, done. 
it, there's just yeah so it, it is just finding what works for you I guess hmm. and recognizing what what stimulates you the most you know for some people it's oral uh, some people it's it's audio kind of thing some people it's visual it's yeah just whatever you know learning learning yourself and what works for you I think that's great advice <laughs> I don't have answers I can only tell you what works for me <laughs> um, so if you have questions, comments, rude remarks about tonight's episode, uh, please message us. Uh, we are on Gmail, theatomsoflove at gmail.com. That's where you can email us. You can. We both read the emails, so mm-hmm. don't assume that you're getting one of us and not the other. No. We're, we both read them. Um, you can message us on Twitter or follow us on Twitter at By the Bye Podcast. Again, we both monitor those. We will. We both monitor everything mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook and Instagram as well at By the Bye Podcast, yep. and then on uh, the website www.bythebye.com.au. Yes. Um, and I spoke about it last week. I'm going to touch on it again. This was not nearly as depressing of a um, of a episode, but it's still serious stuff. So um, if if you find that you need help and you, you need someone to talk to and you don't have anyone around you that you that you can talk to, mm-hmm. um, if you're in Australia, please dial 13 14. Um, that's Lifeline Australia. There, it's a, it's a wonderful organization um, that that puts people out there for for you to talk to, um, and that's that's really yeah that's it's important. Um, there are plenty of, of places in the U.S. Um, as well. Um, the one that I know in the U.S. is 1-800-SUICIDE, mm-hmm. um, which is 1-800-784-2433. Uh, feel free to uh, talk to them as and, well if you need someone to talk to. And I was going to say, and if you're in other parts of the world or you want something specific to your area, just do a quick Google search. If you really can't find it, let us know. We'll help. Um, but, yeah, just... Just know that you're not alone. You're never alone. And there, yeah. you, there is someone, if you were gone, like Mr. Adams said, if you're gone, there is someone that will miss you. Absolutely. You're definitely um, missed. And, and, yeah. and another one that I think is really important that I meant to mention last week, I'm definitely mentioning this week and will be in the podcast notes for this week, uh, is um, for LGBT youth. Yes. Um, it, you, you guys specifically, there, there are people... You know, you, you're you're geared important. towards you. Yeah, yeah. And there's specific people yeah. who understand where you're coming from, and that. Um, so one eight six six four U Trevor. Um, that's for the letter U, then T R E V O R yeah. for you Trevor. Um, that's part of the Trevor Project. Um, look, it's uh, we've all been there, uh, and and some of us have literally been on the precipice, uh, but but don't. Yeah, don't do anything without talking to someone. That would be, uh, that would definitely be my advice. So, once again, if you want to talk to us, you know how to get a hold of us. And um, Mrs. Adam looks like she has something. She I wants to was add. actually just gonna say because um, that one, the eight six six Trevor one, that's a um, U.S. number, Trevor. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, for you, Trevor, that's a yeah. U.S. one. So again, depending on where you are in the world, there are community organizations out there. Well, I know in Sydney um, alone, uh, we've got. Um, Acon, Acon um, is really good. 2010, yeah. The, the, yeah, some great, some great groups, um, and with with Mardi Gras going on, mm-hmm. uh, we're in the midst of Mardi Gras as we speak. Yep. You know, it's it's just it's extremely important to 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 have someone out there that you feel safe and comfortable talking with. And just know there are 
support groups. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you need someone to talk to, please reach out to us. We can point you in a direction, um, no matter where you yeah. are, we'll, yeah. we'll definitely point you in an appropriate direction. Yes. So thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 